Adalia, formerly a hurricane, now a tropical storm. This was a scene in Perry, Florida earlier, near where Adalia made landfall uh, this morning, toppling trees, creating qu quite a lot of damage along the way. CNN's John Berman is in Perry, Florida for us. John, what else are you seeing? Yeah, I'm seeing things like this behind me, Jake. You can see I'm at Rody's truck stop in Perry, right in that same town you were showing that tree damage from. And you can see this awning over the diesel gas pumps just blew over. It tore up the brick. It twisted the metal that was holding it in place. And now it is just completely leaning on its side. Now, Perry was the where the storm passed directly over. It made landfall about 18 miles in that direction right there. Keaton Beach is a category three storm, winds of 115 miles an hour, and then passed directly overhead here with winds almost that powerful. Maybe it was down to 105 at that point. When we were driving here, Jake, what we saw is that Adalia was a powerful storm, but a relatively small storm and fast moving. Therefore, the damage from it almost happened in one distinct stripe. So you didn't see that much damage as you, as you were driving to Tallahassee, but when you started seeing it, it was bad. We saw those trees that you get used to in hurricanes, the exploded trees. We saw telephone poles leaning into the roads, wires strewn about everywhere. We actually had some problems getting through here because of the wires that were on the roadway. We saw Governor DeSantis, his motorcade actually drive by us from Tallahassee to Perry. So this was, I think, the hardest hit area in the region in terms of the wind. This is where the wind damage was. Obviously, about 18 miles in that direction on the coast is where they had issues with the storm surge, that powerful storm surge. Not as many people live there, luckily. Here, Perry's a town of about 7,000, and they're having a hard time digging through all the fallen tree branches right now, Jake. All right, John Berman, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Tropical Storm Adalia is just one of multiple destructive weather events as Americans ensure, endure a summer of intense uh, relentless uh, natural disasters. Let's discuss with Dr. Kareen Matches, geography professor at the University of Florida, as well as our meteorologist Chad Myers. Dr. Matches, I'll start with you. For, for years, we've heard the climate change is a growing threat. This year, we have seen all sorts of real extremes across the United States, from Hawaii uh, to Georgia. Is the average American, do you think, now starting to understand that climate change is here and having a disastrous effect? Well, it's hard to say what the average American might think, but um, scientists all agree that there has been um, a change um, over the long term in the, the conditions that we're facing, um, and that does come with extremes in our weather conditions. And Chad, uh, talk about how climate change played a role in intensifying Hurricane Adalia, what, what impact uh, could it have had? You know, we've been talking about the water temperature around the Keys now for what seems like months and how there's going to be this coral event, likely bleaching event. The water has been in record warmth territory. Now, Adalia would likely have happened anyway, but you cannot tell because of where it started what would have happened had the water not been five or six degrees warmer than it should have been. We don't have hurricanes in the winter because the water's not warm enough. It only starts in June. Well, now it's starting in May and it's supposed to be over in November, but sometimes we get them in December. It's the warmth of the water that caused Adalia to be significantly stronger than it likely would have been had the water temperature been normal.
And Dr. Matches, climate change obviously is fueling more dangerous storms. Uh, as it relates to hurricane, hurricanes, let, let's flash forward 10 years. What, what, what might it look like for Americans who live along the coastlines, such as the west coast of Florida, um, other impacted areas? Um, are there difficult questions to be asked about whether people should rebuild in some of these areas? Well, those are difficult questions, and you know they're already being asked. As we know that there is sea level rise happening, and um, quote normal tides now are higher than they used to be. So there's a lot more flooding that's happening, even when there isn't a storm available. Um, and so when you have a, a devastating uh, storm, and even winter systems can cause um, a lot of beach erosion and building damage along the shore. Um, so not just uh, tropical systems, but also winter systems. Um, there's got to be a lot of uh, mitigation or adaptation decisions that need to be made. Chad, this summer we've seen thousands of heat records broken. O mm -hmm. Ocean temperatures at, at hot tub levels, extraordinary right. wildfires, California, Hawaii, Earth's hottest month on mm -hmm. record. What are the practical impacts that this is having and will continue to have on people's day-to-day -day lives? <sighs> You know, the people that live in the urban wildlife interface, um, really, right when you back up a home into a forest, your threat of a forest fire now, of a wildfire, has grown significantly. We are growing things in the wet season, and sometimes they're wetter, and we are drying out the forests and the wildland when it is dry. And it is a bigger swing from wetter to dry. Typically, we used to see this when it was El Nino, La Nina. You get a big El Nino event, it starts to rain in California, grows things, grass, all the chaparral, and then it dies and then it burns. But now there isn't a wildfire season. It's just the wildfire year. Dr. Matches, there's remains not just political polarization on this issue, but continued misinformation about the causes of climate change. Uh, polls show Republican voters far less likely to believe human actions are the root cause. A lot of this can be traced back to a misinformation campaign funded by the oil companies decades ago. H how do you help people understand the science behind this? Uh, and do storms such as this, do they change minds? Well, yeah, as a scientist, um, I work with the data. And so um, we have really good uh, collection of data these days and um, models that can show us how the different conditions line up. And, um, and so part of my job as a university professor is to you know, educate the, the generations that are coming through the university and teach them science. Um, and then they go and they make their own informed decisions based on that. Do you encounter skeptics, students that don't believe it? And if so, what, what do you do? Well, we stick to the facts. Um, you know, we have testable hypotheses and um, you know, we, we verify our data sources. We used methods that are, are scientifically proven. Um, and so, yes, yeah, sometimes we do have a debate about it, um, but the, at the end of the day, we let the data speak for themselves. Dr. Uh, Corrine Matches and Chad Myers, thanks to both of you for that conversation.